You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. An NSA employee is charged with willful retention of national defense information. A look back at the other three alleged NSA leakers, Snowden, Martin, and Winner. The UK expresses official misgivings about Kaspersky products, and more Uber executives depart the company. I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Monday, December 4th, 2017. Last Friday, it was announced that Nia Huang Fo entered a guilty plea in the U.S. District Court for the District of Maryland to charges of willful retention of national defense information. Between 2010 and May 2015, he took quantities of classified information home, both in hard copy and on his laptop. According to charging documents unsealed Friday, Fo was formerly a developer with the National Security Agency's Tailored Access Operations Unit, the TAO. He faces up to 10 years in prison. Fo is free until his sentencing, which is scheduled for April 6, 2018. The laptop Foe used to take classified information home to Ellicott City, Maryland, is the one that's long been discussed in connection with the U.S. government's ban on Kaspersky software. He is said to have had a Kaspersky security product installed, which detected some of the sensitive files he'd placed on his machine, which would appear to make him the long-discussed, but not until Friday, publicly identified third man. Kaspersky acknowledges that it did detect the files, but denies having read them or done anything with them. Reports aren't calling Foe the source of the leaks that went to the shadow brokers, so that particular mole hunt seems to remain an ongoing one. Nor do any of the other notorious NSA leakers appear to be the shadow brokers' source. It's worth reviewing their stories. The first and most famous is Edward Snowden, about whom this audience will already know a great deal. Mr. Snowden, now a resident in Moscow, was a systems administrator employed by an NSA contractor who, on May 20, 2013, fled Hawaii for Hong Kong with extensive information about U.S. electronic surveillance operations. He had contacted journalist Glenn Greenwald, then writing for The Guardian, on December 1, 2012, so his leaks were some months at least in preparation. The material he took was subsequently published in The Guardian and elsewhere. On June 21, 2013, the U.S. Department of Justice charged Snowden with two counts of violating the Espionage Act of 1917. Two days later, Snowden arrived in Moscow, where he's enjoyed asylum since. He represents his motivation for leaking as arising from a concern for civil liberties 
and the threat mass surveillance could pose to them. The second leaker, Harold T. Hal Martin III, was also a contractor working for NSA. The FBI arrested him during a raid on Mr. Martin's Glen Burnie, Maryland home on August 21, 2016. A search of the premises revealed a large quantity of highly classified material, some of it in electronic form, some of it in hard copy. On August 27, 2016, Martin was charged with theft of government property and unauthorized removal or retention of classified documents or materials by government employee or contractor. He entered a plea of not guilty in October of 2016 and remains in custody awaiting trial. Martin's motives in taking the material remain obscure. His ex-wife, who generally spoke well of him, characterized Martin as a patriot, a workaholic, and a bit of a pack rat. He's said to have taken the material from his NSA workplace by simply walking out with it. The third leaker, Reality Winner, was also a contractor working for NSA. Ms. Winner was arrested on June 3, 2017, after a relatively quick investigation prompted by a publication's attempt to authenticate what appeared to be a classified NSA document a source had passed them. The publication was The Intercept, and the source, identified by telltale marks on the document that established where it had been printed, was allegedly Miss Winner. She's been charged with violating the Espionage Act of 1917, she's pled not guilty, and she remains in jail awaiting her trial. Her motives appear to be political disaffection, evidenced in some fairly noisy social media posts, associating herself with the resistance to the current U.S. administration and to offering the Iranian people solidarity in the face of U.S. aggression. She's said to have told investigating FBI agents that she folded the stolen document and concealed it in her clothing. The ease with which the alleged leakers and mishandlers of classified information walked out with sensitive material is striking. The only one who seems to have used much thought in how one steals secrets is Edward Snowden. If it's true that Mr. Foe really did take stuff home to help him polish up his resume, this perhaps argues a certain culture of casual disregard for security measures, as if familiarity with the secret world breeds contempt for it. We hope not. They all certainly knew better than to squirrel classified material away in their homes and personal devices. Mr. Foe's case strikes observers as particularly baffling and egregious, since, as federal charging documents state, Foe works for NSA-tailored access operations, regarded as an especially sensitive and important part of the agency, and not a place accustomed to employing callow or clueless rookies. To return to Kaspersky, the security company continues to say it did nothing improper and that it would decline any request to participate in espionage it might receive from the Russian government. Cooperation with the Russian government in criminal investigations, Kaspersky says, is of course a different matter. But skepticism about Kaspersky products has spread from the U.S. government to at least one of the other five eyes. On Friday, Kieran Martin, director of the U.K.'s National Cybersecurity Center, advised permanent departmental secretaries that Kaspersky software should not be used in systems holding information that would damage British national security if it were accessed by the Russian government. Following GCHQ's lead, Barclays Bank Saturday stopped its practice of offering free Kaspersky security products to customers as a perk, so there are signs the private sector is following the public sector's lead. Finally, developments in the Uber breach investigation, as well as in litigation involving Alphabet and Waymo, coincide with three more departures by Uber executives. 
The company hasn't said the departures were prompted by documents that surfaced appearing to describe discreditable competitive and data security practices, but of course there's widespread speculation that this was indeed the case. The executives worked in international, business operations, and physical security divisions of the ride-sharing company. There's rising sentiment to do something about the company's knowingly concealing data breaches. One example, a bill introduced into the U.S. Senate last week that would provide jail time for executives found to have concealed data breaches. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And joining me once again is Johannes Ulrich. He's from the Sands Technology Institute, and he's also the host of the ISC Stormcast podcast. Uh, Johannes, welcome back. Um, you know, these recent stories about Kaspersky, I think, brought to a lot of people's attention the fact that there's a lot of data that these antivirus companies can pull from your systems. Yeah, and uh, it really sort of brought us to the forefront, really to, to, to public attention, that if you're running anti-malware on your system, there is a chance that if the anti-malware software finds some interesting binary on your system, it will exfiltrate that uh, to the antivirus company for further analysis. And you know, for the most part, that's something we really want to have happen. There is a suspicious binary. The antivirus software can't really... Uh, put its finger on whether it's malicious or not. So in some ways, a great service for antivirus companies to actually look at this closer, maybe run it through some more sophisticated checks or even do manual analysis on this. But um, on the other hand, you don't know what's really being exfiltrated here. And a lot of confidential data may actually be exfiltrated that way as well. Yeah, you're really giving them, you know, broad permission to pull just about anything they want off of your system. 
Correct. And actually, it's not just the antivirus companies. One service where I see this happen very often is VirusTotal, uh, where companies upload documents to VirusTotal because VirusTotal has this great service where it runs it through 40, 50 different antivirus tools. But at the same time, you're uploading this document to this third party, VirusTotal. And the researchers have full access to all files being uploaded to VirusTotal. It's very easy to get that access. So in some ways, you're leaking data here if you aren't sure that uh, the document that you're uploading is actually malicious and free of proprietary content. Because the other issue that you have sometimes is that yes, the document is malicious, but it is malicious because an attacker attached, for example, malicious content to an otherwise benign and confidential document. So now by exfiltrating as you intend to this malicious uh, content uh, to virus total to your antivirus vendor you're also sending that uh, proprietary content which of course can be a big problem right so you can have uh, you know the company's financials which happen to be infected by someone else and uh, it's being sent up to the antivirus vendor or maybe virus total Correct. Uh, similar also with crypto ransomware. There are some sites that, for example, you can upload an encrypted document to to identify what variety of crypto ransomware you were infected with or whether there is a way to decrypt it. Of course, uh, if there is a way to decrypt it, then the recipient of that document may as well do it and is now in the hand of the proprietary content. Hmm. All right. Well, it's a cautionary tale for sure. Johannes Ulrich, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.